you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 108. What's going on, Neil? What's up, man? 108? Yeah, it's been a busy day. Busy two days. Busy couple days. Yeah, we did a podcast in one shot yesterday. We just got off with a podcast, and now we're getting ready to have another. We've got another great guest. Oh, yeah. We've got Dan Taylor with Dead Romantic with us. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me, dudes. Oh, man. How's yeah. things? Things are going well. They're wet over here. I don't know about over there, man, but it has been raining like crazy it today. It is very it's soggy. Awful. It's been quite similar over here, actually, as well. We've got some flooding going on and stuff, and mm. like the hurricane—not hurricane, but like gale force winds has hit, and there's trees falling, and it's it's madness. Yeah, oh, it doesn't God. happen in old Blighty often. That so we're fortunate. It's just raining then. Yeah, no kidding. We're doing way better <laughs> than you right now. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna have uh, damn. While we're talking to you, we're gonna have some rabbit hole. Neil told the story about how his wife won this at the benefit. So yeah, man, we already had we already had the we won this bourbon, so we're drinking it for free story. So <laughs> <laughs> cheers, Neil. Yeah, cheers, man. Cheers, Dan. Thanks cheers, for coming Dan. on, buddy. Cheers. <laughs> no bourbon tastes better than free bourbon. You That's got right. that right. <laughs> so Dan, I have to apologize about the confusion, man. I was, we just got off the line with Lies Campbell. Do you know Lies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we just got off with her, and uh, I'm not used to, you know, I, I, I tell all my times in a.m. and p.m. I don't do the 24-hour thing. So when I try to convert, I get myself in trouble. <laughs> so, <that's laughs> what so I was thinking 2.30 p.m., you guys are five hours, so that would be 7.30 and then where I messed up, I just added that to 10 instead of 12. You just put a one in front of it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was here already, and I was like, all right, let's let's get this thing going. And then I was just sort of sat here for a little while, and then there was nothing. Yeah. I was like, uh, okay, maybe I, maybe I got the times wrong. No, <laughs> you, you were dead on, man. 108 yeah. episodes, it took us that long to do that, so. <laughs> yeah. Dan emailed me. I emailed back. I said, I got us at 1730. He said, it is 1730, dude. <laughs> no, he said, he said it's 1747. <laughs> <laughs> we, so, we got there, man. Thanks for thanks yeah. for bearing with us today, seriously. Yeah, I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, no, you're all right. You're all right. It's all good. So you guys are at a studio. I see somebody walking behind you. Is that Mike? Yeah, well, that's Mike. Yeah. 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 
He's here. He's just he's in the middle of the session. That's all. So he's uh, uh, okay. Hey, Mike, how's it going, buddy? What's up, Mike? Good to see you, man. Sorry, I can't be on right now. That's yeah. okay. You got yeah. work to do. Probably two hours ago, you might have been able to sit around for a little bit, but you know, yeah, that's our fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you start us off by going back to childhood and and sharing with us some of your early memories of music and uh, maybe the music that influenced you and. When did you realize music was going to be a big part of your life? Yeah. Um, I mean, early memories. I remember listening to Michael Jackson, um, uh, Wet, 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 and Simply Red, and like stuff that my mom listened to, really. And I think Michael Jackson was the one that really kind of opened my eyes to like performing and like what that could potentially be. And like that was all, that was like something, this guy was so like, impressive and the stuff that he did and the songs were so good and it was like oh wow that's like something else that's not just something that's on in the background that's something pretty epic mm. um and then when i was a kid I, I could kind of sing a little bit so the teachers at school always used to put me in the plays and like used to do the little sort of sing song parts in the school plays and all that sort of stuff and that led me to sort of join in the choir okay. um but then i got a little bit of um a little bit of stick for that, a little bit of uh, people saying not too great things. Uh, and so that didn't last long. But then when I sort of turned about 16, I went to college, a mate of mine came up and he was like, oh, you can sing, can't you? And I was like, well, sort of. I used to when I was younger. I don't really know anymore. And he was like, oh, well, I'm, I'm starting a band and this is the kind of music it's going to be. And it was all like sort of Blink-182 and Green Day and that whole sort of pop-punk kind of vibe. Um and I was like, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. And it just kind of changed everything, really. Yeah. You start performing and then never look back. Um, but that whole sort of style of music, like um, Taking Back Sunday, The Used, Slipknot, mm -hmm. Blink-182, Green Day, all those kind of, that kind of era really was where I found myself in music, as cheesy as it sounds, I think. No, I agree. That's not cheesy at all. But it, I, I was, of all the names to pull out of a hat, I would have never heard and thought Michael Jackson was going to be the first name that we hear today. I wouldn't have either. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I, I'm right there with you, man. As a child, my, I think my first concert was Michael Jackson, but I just remember being enthralled with Michael Jackson and the visual, the visualization to music. You know, I think Thriller yeah. video, I was probably six or seven yeah, you so, always tell that story where you put the Michael Jackson fold up, fold out album up there, and you dance for him. <laughs> I did not tell that story. <laughs> I did not, but I did have the glove and the parachute pants, so I don't want to hear. It. <laughs> yeah, man, I, that, that, the sequin glove is where it's at. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have thought ten other names, if not a hundred, before that. So it's very interesting. Um, at sixteen, seventeen, whenever you started, actually getting on stage and playing live music, did you kind of take the lesson of, of not necessarily being a Michael Jackson, but understanding what he did as a performer and kind of implementing a little bit of that in your own way into your performance? Uh, I'd like to think so. I think for me, a live performance is not just about sort of, as a vocalist, a live performance is not just about singing. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just like, obviously that is an integral part of a decent live performance is, is to sort of sing the songs and to sing them well. But being a front man to me is 
is all is sort of equally as important and being an ent- like an entertaining show. Um, I love a high energy show and that kind of thing. So if you Michael Jackson's and I don't know Bowie and and all these sort of big guy like sort of um, stars that that put on the show and had that look the sort of aura around mm. them on stage yeah is has definitely influenced me and I, even even people in like rock bands and stuff like I mentioned Taking Back Sunday Adam Lazaro was a massive influence on me from Taking Back Sunday because I went to see them when I was like I think I was actually. 15 and I shouldn't have gone but I managed to get in somehow um and to see him on stage throwing the mic around and and jumping around and throwing himself about and stuff and it was like whoa he's not just sort of stood there singing the song yeah he like it's it's something else entirely and it sort of creates an atmosphere and it creates a mood so I think anything like that has influenced me because that's how I like to sort of I don't know, portray myself on stage or that's mm-hmm. the the sort of show that I would like to put on or that I would like to think that I put on. Yeah. Well, just from what you've released so far, if you're not high energy during those songs, you're going to be, re- <laughs> you're going to be sticking out, man. <laughs> yeah, you're you're going to be in there standing yeah. on the mic with your eyes closed and the rest of the band's doing what they're doing, man. It's going to be weird because <laughs> it's everything yeah. you mentioned, high energy, everything is so high energy and um, <clears throat> you can't take a second off as a lead singer or a no. player in your band. There's no way. Yeah, dead romantic no, music make, on, makes no. you even drive fast. <laughs> <laughs> but don't go driving too fast. And if you do and you get caught, don't blame it on us. <laughs> it's the music. It's the music. Send man. Dan Taylor the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead romantic fault. Build them. <laughs> yeah. No, it is super high energy and it's that's what we like, I suppose. So that's what, I mean, it's good. Uh, there's something, um, there's almost a release in rock music. There's that kind of, any kind of anger or frustration or even like positive feelings, but that are so hard and so so big and, and overwhelming. You could just throw it all out there on stage. It's brilliant. Mm, well said. Let's just jump right into some music. Let's let our listeners hear some. <laughs> you ready? You're already ready, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's listen to "Fight Me." Tell us about "Fight Me," Dan. Uh, "Fight Me" is a song. It was uh, the I don't know second or third. Single. I lose track of the singles now, but it was I've one got, of the I've earliest got all, singles. I've got all the dates. If you need any references, that they were released. <laughs> Go for it then. So "Fight Me." When did "Fight Me" come out? You yeah, got the, you was, got the "Fight Me" came out July 23rd of 2021. Does that sound right? That's what Spotify yeah, that said. About right. so that's, okay. <laughs> yeah. So second single, second single, um, and it's uh, it's kind of an aggressive tune. To be fair, it's about like um, when you've been pushed and pushed so much that it's like a little bit overwhelming, and the only thing left to do is throw down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, I am absolutely done with all this, and. I'm just going to go off. So <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> um, I suppose it comes from like all kinds of experiences, but like, I don't know. Everyone's had an experience where they've just been pushed that little bit too far. And that's what this is. It's the explosion at the end of that whole saga. All right. Let's check it out. Hey, I hear some music. Somebody's starting to record. Heck yeah. 
Yeah, we might as well talk about that a little bit. So, Dan, you're you're in a recording studio right now, it looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, – so Mike and I and, and Mike's wife, Lisa, we've um, started this studio together. Um, we've just sort of been building and stuff, but this is – I'm sat in the live room right now. Um, it looks like a beautiful space. Yeah, it looks unbelievable. Yeah, it's great. Honestly, the drums sound better than any studio I've ever – been to like the drums in this room is something about the shape of it and the sheer size of it because the drum kit is literally just out in the open ear and then the um control rooms sort of boxed off on its own so the the sound in here for drums is unbelievable so you'll hear it though i was gonna say you tracked uh um, you tracked that your records here right we didn't track the the ones that you guys have just because we hadn't got this space at that time when we recorded those, but there are some songs that are coming up that will be coming out, uh, relatively soon that we track the drums here and it sounds huge. Oh man. So are you an engineer and producer also? I wouldn't go that far. I, I, <laughs> I can stumble around. Um, okay. I'm more of a creative, I guess you could say, uh, do a bit of engineering, but Mike's the producer in the band. Yeah, that's my job in this studio. I'm, I'm you. He's Mike. <laughs> so, so you said you said Mike was in a session. Is is he playing or is he is he producing? Uh, no, he's, there's a there's a band in at the minute, a local band. They're just doing a few tracks with Mike. All right, well, let's check out Fight Me, and we'll Fight come me. back and talk some more. got some crazy vocals yeah it's so good good. i'm glad that guy asked you to be a singer you can sing right (laughs) i'm glad he asked you to sing yeah holy shit man that's so good so that came from the uh high school choir huh yeah yeah once once upon a time that was a high school choir boy (laughs) that came from singing pretty uh pyt in the shower when he was like eight years old yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> no man that is uh, awesome you and know man those drums uh, the drums that I, that's the one thing that i thought when you said that uh, the drums are big in that room because when i've listened to really everything uh i'm I, i'm definitely listen to music before i listen to lyrics generally it's just the way i although i, I write uh i'm a writer and i write lyrics I always tend to listen to music first, and the drums were just killer for me. I was like, this is, this is, well, you, it drives everything. Well, that's what I was going to say. You said drive. You know, it's like some drummers just drive a song, and it's hard to really put your fingers on what it is. I don't know, you know, playing slightly ahead of the beat or what it is, but just moving a song along, and that that's driving drums. Yeah. That's all you can say. Yeah. yeah. You hit hard, and you and you get that good drum sound. It it There's no substitute. It's, it sounds no. so good. Yeah. What is going on, everything complements each other, even to the vocal lines, to what the drummer's doing, because, you know, there's there's at times where it's a little bit softer, a little bit, but your vocal line almost goes along with what he's doing as well. It's almost its own rhythm section, which is, you don't get that much, especially from a vocal to a drum line, but that's, it kind of has that play. Yeah. Is is a vocal drum rhythm section at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Kind of makes you, <laughs> makes you want to fight. <laughs> Again, don't makes me not want to fight, man. No, it makes me not want to fight because I don't want to fight anybody that has that in them. No, you know that release—it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that you know—that's I would say the overlying through everything that I've heard. It's just that's—it's so—it's very powerful. There's so much power behind the vocals, behind the drums, behind everything that's played. It—it it almost seems very intentional um, that there is a that high energy that you're talking about. We're going for energy. We're going, when people leave, we want them to almost feel like, if you look at that song, like they just got in a fight because yeah. we brought we brought a fight to the stage. We brought this energy and level that that meet us there or just leave wounded. Yeah. <laughs> that song needs, need that song on your workout track. Oh my gosh, I can't run that fast. <laughs> I think it actually got added to a few gym playlists on uh, Spotify. Oh, sure, I guarantee yeah. it, man. It's definitely for uh, lifting some, doing some big uh, deadlifts or something. Gives you some extra power. Yeah. <laughs> you, you probably have no idea how many workout playlists that song oh, on. I'm sure it's on a lot. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like you said. And you know, another thing I noticed, I, I, I watched the video today. And and by the way, uh, you know, I don't know where you guys are, are doing your videos, but man, those are those are very well done, professional. Very, I mean, you know, well to the to the hilt. Where, where do you? Who, who's in, who's in charge of the video videography? Um, so we we direct the videos ourselves. Um, we come up with sort of concepts and things, and and what we want, and sort of how we want it put together. Sort of a, st- I mean, I loosely call it a storyboard. It's not really a storyboard. It's more of just a sort of selection of images and things that we want, like a treatment, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we have this guy who we found, he's called Gaius Brown. Um, He's a local kid to us. Um, And we just, I think for the first video, we just put up like a pitch sheet and we were like, look, we want to create this. This is what we want. This is the song. Are there any filmmakers out there that want to be a part of it? And he messaged us with his own treatment and it just sort of mirrored ours. Even though he'd not seen it, it was like it was almost like we were thinking the exact same thing. And that was for the yesterday video. Um, and we used him and it was incredible. The the outcome. Yesterday's like, when you were on the freaking mountain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, crazy. That's the one. 
You're too yeah. close to Yale, so, man. You, so you you got a video t- a videographer to actually climb that mountain with you guys to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We convinced him it was a good idea. Um, That's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a great guy. Um, but the, in fact, the yesterday video we were really lucky with that because um, we would we really wanted it to be snowy, and it, obviously leading up to the shoot, it hadn't snowed, and we were like, "Haha, we." do we hire a snow machine? We were like looking up on the internet, where do you hire a snow machine from and all this. And then literally like two days before the shoe, it started belting down with snow and we were like, get in. This is like perfect. So then when we got to the top of the mountain, it looked like a different world. It was incredible. So the outcome was- Where is that? It's a place called Bamford Edge in Derbyshire in the UK. Okay. Speaking of, um, dude, speaking of edge, when you were on that rock, I wanted to grab the back of your shirt and just hold on to you. I was like, you're too close, man. Don't oh, dude, I, nearly fell off, I nearly fell off a couple of times because I obviously, <laughs> like I said, the energy is everything for a performance. So I'm jumping oh. up and down and head banging and there's a couple of times I nearly fell off. I think there's a, That's a, a video somewhere, um, like a behind the scenes thing where I jump up in the air and as I land, I sort of lose my foot in a little bit and stumble towards the edge and everyone just goes, oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, so we need a new singer. <laughs> no, it's funny really though, because like, there was a guy who walked by as we were shooting and he stood to have a, like, just to watch us for a little while. And one of the guys from behind the scenes sort of walked up and just started having a chat with him. And it turns out that he was like one of the rangers that like looks after that area. And he was like, oh, I just wanted to make sure that you're all safe because like two people have died falling off here in the last two days. And we were you, and that was like, in the last two days oh. jumping up and down on the edge. Like, and we're like, oh shoot. <laughs> we just waited till it snowed to make the difficulty a little bit harder. We wanted to, you yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. good lord, dude. I'll tell you up here playing the drums and <laughs> I climbing up there almost killed me as much as the drop would. <laughs> well, how'd you get drums up there? With great difficulty and a lot of strength. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you had equipment. You had guitars, basses, drums, microphones. We were, that's the thing that we were like, holy shit, dude, they took equipment on a mountain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you, and you it, guys were up there. So the, the closest road was a 45-minute walk away from where we actually filmed. So we carried... Oh, that's dedication. With no equipment minutes. on your back. Oh, With all the equipment God. on our backs. Oh, man, that makes that video spot. even better. I'm surprised y'all looked as good as you did by the time you got up there. <laughs> I'd be like, look, can we can we just pitch a tent and do this tomorrow, man? Well, you know, so so I bet, you know, you're probably excited. You know, you're getting ready to do the big video. So walking in probably wasn't bad, but I bet packing that stuff out was no fun. I'd have burned yeah. it. I'd have burned it all. Yeah, that was <laughs> taking some. So getting it up there was really bad. Um but then once you've performed for however long, got all your shots, and then the sun's starting to go down, and you think, gee, we've got to carry all this stuff back down the place now. <laughs> and then we had an early start the next morning because those shots that were at the uh, Abbey, so that sort of old ruin place, those were the yeah, next day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay, that's not the same place. Go home, film. In fact, after, um, after the Bamford Edge, so after the... Um, the mountain shots, we went into the woods and shot the part, the shots of me in the chair. So that uh-huh. was like running into the night that evening. 
So it was like, it was a really tough couple of days of filming, but it was good. So done. It's worth it. Yeah, it, it yeah. definitely worked out. And I turned out great. And you got a ton of views. So, I mean, it was definitely worth the effort. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say about Fight Me. I mean, seven months. And when I watched it today, you were just under 658,000 views. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. We're doing, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Yeah. People seem to like the yeah. videos, I think. So it's good. Real good. It, it makes all the effort worthwhile. Yeah, I was going to say, you can tell that you didn't not think out everything. Everything had a purpose, everything, even down to the videos. And once you, the quality of the videos, once you start watching it, you're not going to stop watching them. You know, another place that that song would fit very well in. All right. Here we go. Football ad. Ah, yeah. You've done this before. Look, he's predicted this before and uh, it happened. So, yeah. Yeah. American soccer. Someone got the ad. American soccer. Yeah. Someone got the NFL on on the blower. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened last time, man. I was watching Thursday Night Football, and a, a friend of ours who's been on the show, I was like, "That's Dusty," and I took video, sent it to him. He had no idea it was on there. It was pretty wild. So you actually might be on NFL right now. You never know. Yeah, we knows? tend to make those things happen around here. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. It was, it was kismet. <laughs> So, Dan, going back to uh, when you went into college and, and started playing in the band, were you were you playing a lot out in college? Yeah, I think that that's kind of where it became something that I knew that I wanted to be involved in for the long haul. That's when yeah. music became something that wasn't just something that you kind of listened to. I mean, when I was in sort of when I was around sort of thirteen. I started really listening to music. So like that's when I got into like heavier music, things like Slipknot and Papa Roach and all that kind of mm-hmm. deal, the whole new metal thing, Linkin Park and all that. And then the pop punk sort of side of it. I got really into that. But it wasn't until I properly like started performing and got on stage for the first time that I felt like I'd sort of achieved something from it myself and I wasn't just a bystander of it. I was... Mm. I was involved in it and it was sort of became a part of me. And then I've performed pretty much ever since, like in various different projects, various different bands, loads of different um, genres. I've done like, I've done Frank Sinatra tributes. I've done like <laughs> you got the voice metal it, bands. Man. I've done it all. Like, so, it, but I just love to perform. So. I love to sing. Let's see how serious you were about music. Did did uh did music keep you from graduating college? <laughs> it certainly lowered my grades. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's not fair, man. Plenty plenty of people have played music and graduated. <laughs> yeah, I got through. I got through, but um it definitely took away a lot of my concentration because any time where it was like you had homework or coursework to do or whatever. It was like, yeah, but I've got practice tonight because <laughs> we've got a gig on Friday. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's it an easy away. answer, man. Time for practice. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have your priorities straight. Yeah. Well, heck yeah. What's practice. more what's more fun? Practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did you, uh, the one thing that we really, we really haven't even touched yet is uh, writing. I'd imagine at 15 or so with you getting that question of, hey, did, are you a singer? You haven't spent a ton of time writing anything or any time at this point. Was that something that you were dabbling in or was it like, hey, I'm going to do this cover band thing. And then later on, once you got deep into that, you realized you had something to say or wanted, you know, how did the writing process for you come out? 
the first songs that I ever wrote were with that band. Um, okay. With my buddy who, who sort of said, oh, you can sing, join this band. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay. It was kind of a whirlwind thing. And then he was like, oh, we want to do our own songs, write some songs. And I was like, oh, okay, let's try that. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it came pretty well. Don't get me wrong. Some of the first songs that I ever wrote were shocking. Like, of course. everyone's written the terrible <laughs> songs, I'm sure. Um, but it was it was another part of um, the whole process that I really enjoyed. And so I've always, again, since that point, it was a real turning point in my life, really, because it's when I started performing, it's when I started writing. And those are two things that I've done ever since. Even during sort of periods of time when I've not been in a band, for a certain period of time, I've still written stuff. I have like a, a note on my phone where I've been writing lyrics for years and there's just all sorts. Mm -hmm. You can scroll through it for hours because there's just lyrics and lyrics, <laughs> and lyrics that I just wow. sort of, because when something strikes and something comes into my head, I just have to write it down just in case at some juncture in the future, I'm writing a song. It's like, oh, I need a line about, I don't know, the wind. And then I'll just look for my <laughs> thing and there's bound to be one because I've written so much that it's like the monkeys and the typewriters, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so when you started writing, did you, uh, was it something that you really had to dig into or did it kind of come naturally? Was it easy for you to kind of freeform a sto story or emotion? I feel like it came quite easily, to be honest. I can't remember ever having like about a writer's block or anything like that. And for me, I'm not a very emotional person sort of in, in general everyday life. I don't really have kind of, I don't get frustrated very easily. I don't get upset very easily. I, I mean, my wife sometimes calls me a psychopath because she says I'm not emotional <laughs> enough. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I think writing for me is a really good way to get the feelings that are sort of deeper inside me out. And it's in, in a way that I feel comfortable doing. You know what I mean? Hmm. So do you uh, consider in that, that it's, it's hard, not hard, but you're, you're not quick to show emotion. Do you surprise yourself with some of the stuff that you end up writing? Yeah, I think I do at times. Um, yeah, something will come out, some line will come out. And then sometimes it's it's like weird. It's like the line comes out before I even realize that it's about anything that I'm feeling or anything that I'm thinking. Oh. So the line will come out and then I'll sort of read it back and go, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know that I felt that way kind of thing. And it's, it's wow. almost what starts out as just a cool line that sounds cool. I'll look back at it afterwards and go, oh, yeah, actually, that really does apply to me. And it's almost like rediscovering a lyric or reading somebody else's lyric at times. Oh, wow. I'm not That's a psychopath. Look at this line I See, wrote. I, have <laughs> I just don't want to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it in my phone. No, it's, 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 it's super healthy, man. I mean, honestly, to think, you're not easy to get frustrated, not easy to get mad, you're not... Which temperamental behavior is not good behavior. That's not, you know, something that, you know, you write a song called Fight Me so you don't go out and fight a bunch of people. It, it kind of takes <laughs> its, it, you know, I'm at the edge. Nobody knows you're at the edge because, you know, you got psycho behavior. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> because you never show that frustration or anything. But then you write a song like Fight Me and then you don't have to act like that because it's there. 
It's done. Yeah, it's a release. And I, I think yeah. music is a release. It's an emotional release. It's a, a release of anger. It's a release of whatever you want it to be. I mean, some people, some people box, some people do UFC, some people play football, some mm. people play hockey, like other people perform and that's the release that you get. It's, I don't know. It's, well, there's at least 658,000 people that feel that way. No kidding. And it's only going to grow. <laughs> About one song. It's only yeah. going to grow. Yeah, that's very impressive in seven months. Well, let's listen to yesterday, man. All right, let's check it out. Heck yeah. I wish we could show this video. No kidding. That would be awesome. Maybe we can put it on the uh, uh, Instagram. We can like, Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, we'll put a little bit of the video on that. That would be cool. That's a good yeah. idea. Just go, everyone go to YouTube and listen and watch the video. It's good. I got there you really go. cold for it, so you should watch it just <laughs> to make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so what we, what we could do is we could just put a little clip on Instagram with a link to YouTube. Yeah, go watch this video. How about that? Yeah. What a plan. What All a right. plan. <laughs> so we've talked about yesterday a little bit, but how did that song come about? Um, yesterday is kind of your, um, it's a bit of a kind of heartbreak song. Um, it's about when you've sort of been in a relationship, it's, it's kind of going south. It's making you feel awful really and it's it's the other party in the relationship's fault and it's basically about the moment that you realize sort of i'm not gonna let my sort of sadness or i'm not gonna let this destroy me i'm gonna stand up and i'm not gonna let that get to me and change me as a person i'm gonna be stronger than that and i'm gonna carry on yesterday Jagged little pieces Pulling splinters from my bleeding heart We were like a car crash for the reasons Reasons why we're better off apart
Yeah. Dude, the, the, the lyrically, the songwriting is so perfect for, like, rock, hard rock. It, it's, it fits the feel of everything. I mean, like, the word demons in a song like that just sits yeah. so perfect with what's... I mean, seriously, because you're not using it in a... In, in like the worst way you could, but it just sounds so perfect. The wording, the phrasing, uh, I love the way you write. You're, you're lyrically, um, it like I said, man, it almost feels like there's so much, there's an extra rhythm section going on to me, just from <laughs> lyrics to, to everything. I love it, man. Thanks, so man. Good. So good. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah we, uh, we, obviously we sort of work hard, so it's, it's nice mm-hmm. to hear um when mike and i sit down and and write like we we sort of work on the lyrics and stuff together and the melody sort of it it's um it's always in in the back of your head that you want it all to yeah. sort of gel and work together so yeah it's, it's nice that i appreciate that you've noticed <laughs> yeah you guys have nailed it lyrically it just sounds so it's 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 so you know because like you said you pull uh splinters out of my heart pull, uh, it, Everything has a, it just all fits. It, it flows from the beginning to the end and it makes so much sense. And the feel of the, I can't explain that enough. Like, you know, a lot of times you hear, you hear music and then you hear these lyrics and you're like, it's great, but it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sound like those lyrics go with that music. Maybe I'm crazy, but that, that the lyrics of this song is more so of anything else feel like the music and they all are just married man it's yeah. it's so well done and uh for you and mike to kind of figure out how to do that is is super impressive because i think it gets lost on a lot of artists and musicians and bands that that maybe throw in some fill-in words or this and that and it just feels like there's no fat in these songs lyrically musically um it's like yeah. no fat mike's your guitarist correct yeah, yeah, Mike plays guitar. He's he also produces. Good gosh, <laughs> Good. he also owns a studio. Man, he gets a million takes. Come on, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, man. yeah he's, he, <laughs> you guys have some crazy musicians there. No, there's no studio magic. I guarantee it, man. I, 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 it it all translates. There's no way that it doesn't translate to what you do yeah. live. And I gotta so, ask too, when Mike came up and spoke a little bit to us uh, before before we came on, he didn't sound like he was from England. No, he's not. Well, he's actually, he is a British citizen. So he is, uh, as far as we're all concerned, (laughs) he's British. Uh, But he was born in uh, Canada. He was born in Toronto. And then he moved to, I think, uh, LA first and then Nashville for a while. So I think he spent most of his time, most of his life, really, in, uh, in LA. He was like, where can I pick up accents? All right. Canada. And then he goes to Nashville and gets a little redneck accent. And then he ends up in, <laughs> I mean, my goodness, he's got all the inflections. That's an, that's an interesting he's, mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's kind of got the LA going on, to be honest. I think that's the main yeah. thing. Although yeah, he wouldn't he like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys... Uh, have recently, I don't know how recently, but I did see that you all have kind of announced the full link rec- records coming out. Is it Voices? Is that the name of it? Uh, yeah, that's what we were going. Uh, that's the working title. Who knows what the hell's going Who on knows? with those? Because we <laughs> we tend to change our minds quite a bit, so it may be that it changes. But the working title is Voices uh, for the album, and it actually um, 
got leaked the other day for about four no hours. It was out on the internet and it wasn't supposed to be. Um, so that was a panic. How does that happen? I, it How was something to it? do with the distributor. And I think oh. we'd, we'd originally penciled in a date and we changed our minds and we'd, or, or we'd been forced to put it back rather. Um, but someone didn't change the dates. So maybe someone didn't get the memo. It might be, end up being a good advertising ploy. Who knows? <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe, dude. Maybe we just like, <laughs> sort of put it out there so that everyone gets a slight listen for like yeah, one man. day and then pull it away from them so that they come Make back. Make people and, really want it. <laughs> you guys might start doing that every month. <laughs> <laughs> Temporarily. So, uh, <laughs> is, it, is, it, um, is it done, mastered, ready to go? Or is it... Are you working on like the final touches and it just wasn't ready for release? What's the deal with that? We're still, so we, we've been forced to put it back a couple of times for various reasons. I mean, one of the main reasons is that we want to tour it once it comes out. And obviously over the last oh, two yeah. years, we've not been able to do that because of COVID. So we didn't want to just release an album out into the ether. And then when it got time to tour, we were on like album number two and we've not given album number one the justice it deserves. So yeah. we essentially sort of, we held it back a couple of times. Um, but in that time, it's kind of given us chance to reflect on it and look back and make some tweaks. So there are some tweaks that we've made and there's some rewrites that we've made and there's some songs that we've actually added to it since that weren't on that album that got accidentally leaked. So if okay. someone has listened to the album, it's not, it, not going to sound like that. We're going to have some remastered, some remakes. There's going to be extra tracks. <laughs> it's not what people heard is not going to be the final thing. Yeah, the fake album. You release it as the fake album eventually. Like, and you know, <laughs> that's that's insane, man. So you can make that a collector's item. <laughs> you know, you can have you can do a limited edition leaked album, <laughs> the leaked album. So that's crazy. Album. So you went back after after the fact and have really made some pretty concrete changes. Um, you know, Brad and I were talking before we actually got on the on the podcast, and I was noticing that. It was like, well, everything that that is out there has been released as singles. And honestly, man, I, that is, I think it's, although it was probably because of the pandemic and everything got set back, I almost wonder if that's the way to do an album anymore. Slow yeah. play all your singles, give them, give, give people a song a month or two, which seems to be what y'all did at maybe every mm-hmm. uh, couple months. Uh, during 2021 is give them a little taste of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and then eventually release an album of the stuff that you kind of released anyway. Yeah. I don't know if that may be the new model because I know we've had, you brought up, you know, having two records at the end. If you released one in 2020 and then released one in 2021, you had no way to support that. And we've had people on here that have been in that situation. Mm -hmm. So, the way you guys have done it strategically, I think is almost the model these days is release a song, release a video with it, play when you can, because that's kind of been hit and miss lately, but put out enough material individually that people get a sense. And then when that album comes out, you know, you're, you're really going to have a collection of stuff that is well heard and, and amazing. And I, I just wonder if that's maybe the model these days. I think it allows for um, kind of a snowball effect with people listening to the songs as well. It's like if yeah. you just release an album straight out, maybe, I don't know, call it a thousand people listen to it. But if you release yeah. one single, a thousand people listen, then you release another single and another thousand people, and then a 
third mm-hmm. single and another, then you've got 3,000 people that are listening out for the next single. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a, a snowball effect. There's a strategy to it, I suppose. But I mean, it's just, I think it's the way that people do things nowadays anyway. It's like release a single, a single, and keep the content coming because we live in a world where everyone's so fickle and like they listen to something for 10 minutes and then they're off onto yeah. something 10 else. minutes. 10 so, minutes, dude. It's TikTok 10, society. 10 we got seconds. <laughs> you got 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> 10 seconds. If it's not interesting enough, in 10 seconds, everyone's out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like a, I suppose it keeps people interested as well, doing it like that. You know, as an artist and a creator as well, you, you look at people that release albums now and you wonder how many of those songs are almost wasted because they just won't get listened to. Mm. Um, because people have that type of mentality. I'm going to listen to this song and then I'm going to listen to this next song by this different artist and here's this you know playlist or whatever. So you almost have to wonder if, you know, you release a full record, how much of that's just getting, if it's not the single or the next single, how many how many people listen? Do you get the thousand people that'll listen to a record? Because I know it seems like anymore, nobody listens to a full album. They don't go, hey, here's song one, here's song 10, let's listen to it, see what the collection is. Is it meant to be uh, one through 10 in that order? Here's the, there's reasons behind everything. It just doesn't seem like you get that anymore on a release of an album to where you yeah. can release single here, a single there, a single there. You keep that interest. You, it may have benefited, you know. I think vinyl kind of forced you into that. Yeah. It did, but you know how great it is to put on a record and just... It is. Yeah. That's how, you get, to, that's how you get to know a musician, know yeah. the artist. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I really like to listen to it. I'm sort of one of those, I like to listen to an album start to finish and, and mm-hmm. sort of experience it from start to finish. But unfortunately, that's not everyone's bag these days yeah. like there's a lot of no. people it, we live in kind of like a singles world at this point yeah like, everyone just likes to listen to the singles band a's single comes out and everyone listens to that but also band b singles come out so they'll listen to that and then the next thing you know you've got a playlist that's just everyone's singles and the album tracks get thrown aside yeah yeah even like b-sides right now it's you know example jack white released an album or a, a single today which he just released one a few weeks ago <laughs> It's unbelievable, but he just released one today. And ahead, it's a, it's basically just a acoustic guitar and him. But on the there's a, there's a second song on it that, if you don't click on the actual release, you're not going to even know there is a second song. Yeah, I think with the Spotify thing and the single mentality and the, and ADD or whatever it is going on in the world today, <laughs> yeah. you really may have, have benefited voice or whatever the album is going to end up end up being titled by by doing it this way because everything has its place man every song has its spot every song has had its attention which is so important i think it's super important yeah yeah we have um we have got a couple of at least three songs that are on the album that are lined up for single releases as well before the album comes out so it is kind of what we're doing. We're, we're going single, single, single. Just, I suppose, allowing people to soak them up and then... Yeah. And then when the album comes out, it'll be... Have extra songs on it for people to take in, I guess. And it's going well so far. <laughs> I don't know if we can go any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, so our listeners that want to uh, follow you guys, where do they find you on the socials, on the on the web? and On socials, sort of so we're... Uh, we're Dead Romantic Band on Instagram, 
Dead Romantic Band on um, TikTok. We're on TikTok too. Uh, we're Dead Romantic okay. Band on <laughs> Facebook. Um, the website is deadromantic.com. And on Twitter, we're Dead Romantic UK because someone stole Dead Romantic Band from us. I don't know who it what? was, but I, is that right? It's the only one that, that can't have Dead Romantic Band. <laughs> but we're also on YouTube. If you search us on YouTube, Dead Romantic, we've actually started doing our own podcast. We're going to be trying to oh sweet rival you guys. <laughs> no, no okay. rival. We'll support you, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to prop you up. We'll help you out. Music yes. podcast. Yeah, well, essentially, it's it's sort of about the band. We we generally there's a loose structure, but it generally is just us pissing around yeah. <laughs> perfect. perfect man perfect yeah that's cool well man we're gonna go out with uh waste of who i am tell us about that one um waste of who i am is um a song about feeling as though you've not sort of been valued i guess in its literal sense it's about um being in a relationship with somebody who is trying to make you be someone that you're not so mm. you're in a relationship with somebody and maybe they're thinking back to a, a relationship they once had and they want you to be like that other person. And it's like, well, I'm not that person. Um, but I suppose in, the, in its broadest sense, it's about not, well, I suppose the lyric, that would be a waste of who I am. It's like, I'm not going to pretend to be somebody else because that would be a waste of who I am. I think it was a quote from uh, Kurt Cobain actually said, um, something along that it was a paraphrase like if if i try and pretend to be someone else that would be a waste of who i am or something like that mm. um that's where i sort of found the quote and thought it was a really cool um concept so we wrote a song around mm. it um oh. but yeah that's essentially what it's about is about not pretending to be somebody else because you are um a valuable person you are worth knowing you know what i mean so don't try and be someone else because that's a waste of who you are yeah Dan, thanks for visiting with us past hours. Yeah, so. Dan, that was easy, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. You're welcome. You've been dancing with